Hello, I'm Brad. And I'm Jason. You are listening to Dice, Dice in, in My Mind. So before we record, we tend to catch up. It's been a couple days. So mm-hmm. uh, we just spent slightly more 62 than 62 minutes, 62 <laughs> minutes talking. About before. almost nothing of consequence. No, and and we actually just had to restart the recording because I completely flubbed um, the original intro, mostly because I'm just. It's it funny turns how out I, you can't start every episode with on a very special episode of Blossom. <laughs> You're the one that uses that all the time. That's not me. And I so. heard it a few weeks ago on a new podcast, and yeah. I burst out laughing i felt so gratified because it totally threw off his co-host too oh did it yeah it was brilliant yeah sorry continue I, no, I no, interrupted it's, your it's, intro no 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 it's fine uh, there's we don't interrupt we just talk um it's just it's funny how when we get on this when we start recording we all mm-hmm. it's almost like a click because we tend to be, we, we always talk academically, I believe, but sometimes there's a little bit of, of a juvenile undertone here and there. Yeah, and sometimes. I think it was, it was the first take of doing this where I hadn't shifted out yet of that. Yes. Yes. That juvenile which, which is, you know, after 47 episodes and more catch than a up. year, totally understandable. Yeah. Catch up. That's what yeah. you're saying outside of the, the, <laughs> yes. of the episode. <laughs> that is actually what I, yeah. Brad's like, did I just goof up? I'm like, it's been 47 episodes. Catch up. <laughs> so we haven't recorded for a couple days, I think. Saturday. We, we, yeah. It's been a yeah. couple days. It just, it, maybe it feels like longer. Um, it's, it's, I, I, I also think, um, I think, we've both been really busy lately again and our families have been busy. And so, you know, talk, uh, you know, speaking of temporal warps, right. Mm -hmm. That's, that just makes a difference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have kids that are growing up and we're talking about things that felt like we were just talking about yesterday, going to college and us, um, not them. Yeah. Yeah. Us. Yeah. Um, And we're coming up on the 30 year mark when I met you and the, the, you know, a couple of the other guys too. So yep. for me, um, I will talk more in the DM corner, but I've actually, I've done a bit of spring cleaning and I wish I had kept it out because I went through a box of old computer games Oh, and I found some Mac ones and I know we're off topic here, but I'm just going to, I'm going to use one word. And I'm going to see a reaction. Uh-huh. Ambrosia. Wow. Yeah, because that was Ambrosia also, games. Am, Ambrosia. Oh man, did that get me through multiple years of college? Yep. My f- absolute favorite of their many wonderful games was, you know what it was? Um, EV Escape Velocity. Yeah, Escape Velocity. Yep. Bum 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 bum. They were so Da-da-da-da-da. unique. They, they were they way rehashed. Ahead kind of existing yeah they had one that they they re, they rebuilt a new centipede game that i was just thinking of that one which that was a, the one with the yell at the beginning where you um yeah so yeah there was I, so i brought that up i was meaning to text you yes, earlier in the that's week but so cool i had they were games that we downloaded and online because back then you had to download them online but it took forever because you, you would were on down, you would download them overnight Yep. And you would hope, you would hope that the 
signal didn't corrupt because you knew there was a better than 50% chance oh, yeah. it didn't work and you'd yeah. have to do it again the yep. next night. Yeah. So little, I, br- I thought I'd bring up a little bit of a nostalgia. Oh, um, you know, it's funny. Cause thing. I was just thinking of that game uh, a couple weeks ago. It was, and I, man, I worked so hard to get the Kestrel, which was wicked fast. Oh, it was so much fun, Brad. Those were good games. Those were good games. And you're the one that introduced me to them. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. I didn't, you had, I had gone, I had moved out of state and returned yep. and um, was working and doing other things. And then I'd come up and visit you guys. Um, and you're the one that you're the one that introduced me to those. Yeah. And then to uh, the Star Trek um, technical manual. Oh my God. Yeah. It's and just, you would put that, we would uh, talk for hours and then you would, load that you could the put the ambient and the, the yes sounds. yeah because it was all cd-rom I and mean, we're really really dating ourselves but but that's yeah. kind of the the whole shtick of this podcast right um and our listeners know that um going back to the uh the ambrosia games for a moment uh, i remember on one or more occasions plugging the mac into the stereo oh yeah and I remember at least on one occasion, the RA coming down and, and I will paraphrase what he said. It would be lovely if you gentlemen would turn that down. <laughs> but it was more of a directive versus. A... It was. Yes. And his, his language was slightly saltier. And I believe it was because the guys, a full section over in the building could hear us playing. Yeah. Because when you blow something up, the floor would just rock. It was it was good times, good times. Oh, oh yeah, that, the old that Yamaha is receiver. Yes, those yeah. are the days. No, no, no. Oh. I it, the the Yamaha is what I have now, and it's already getting dated. That was on the old Magnavox. Oh, with wow. the KLH speakers. Yes. Yes. Wow. Okay, now we have dated ourselves. I'm gonna yeah, go we back have. to RPGs before we get too yeah. too too deep. I actually have been. Um, reorganizing my bookshelf here nice because i have run out of space and um i'm getting something different to house my music because i have lots of guitar books and music Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. a lot of music from when i played horn well i'm not playing why do i need to keep it on the bookshelf Mm -hmm. because i've literally run out of room i'm looking right now at the burning wheel and the burning wheel is burning for a spot on the on the shelf Mm -hmm. so um and between that and, oh, one more thing, and this is kind of random, I know, but um, uh, Jeff Ashworth's book. I've gotten three notices. Jeff, yeah, we Jeff was our early, this. and yeah, yeah. He, I've gotten three notices. It bumped out to July. Now it's bumped back into June in terms of when it will ship. Oh, good. So, because so, this is the traps, dungeons, et cetera, right? This yes. is right. Yep. The third one. Yes. Oh, and I good. am excited about it. I'm going to have so, to order that. I, I, I'm, yeah, Jeff, if you're, if you're listening, we, you know, we, we love your books and I'm just looking at my, my other two right there on the shelf. Yeah. That one I'll get. I, I, I still have his other two books that I got up on the shelf along mm-hmm. with um, mm-hmm. uh, Tim Wood's book. And then, like I said, a couple of them from a couple other folks that I've gotten recently. I have, I have too much to read now. Yeah, our interviews have been great for our understanding and learning and playing. Um, mm-hmm. Problematic for the bookshelves. Yeah, and problematic for spousal relationships if they truly knew. So yeah, they know. Yeah, well, maybe not. Well, I guess Spe- you know. Do. Speaking of duets, 
nice because I was you. all over the place. You're trying to roll, reel it in. Well, well, well speak because that's such a perfect. That's such a perfect. I was going to say transgression, but I guess that's a Freudian slip. That's such <laughs> a perfect transition, um, because you know, speaking of of you know couples or couplets, that's what we want to talk about, mm-hmm. right? So why don't why don't you say a bit? We'll talk, because we'll, we'll talk a little bit about this. So yeah, one of the one of the accelerators. I'm not really good with words tonight. I don't know what the problem is. Um, in me wanting us to play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not a really well articulated. No, phrase. no, yeah. Um, Read a bit, brother. Um, was me wanting to look for duets. Yeah. Why say something so, about that? Because not everybody probably knows what that is. We've talked a little bit about it, but not much. I started looking for, and I didn't know about the term until um, I found this website. Yeah. And I looked online and I searched mm-hmm. for two player yep. D&D. Yep. One of the first things that came up was D&D duet. And man, you were excited when you found them. Oh, I, I, I think it was one of those nights where it was a second call where I called them. Like, you can't believe what I just found. Yeah. I think you're right, actually. And I picked up, they had some online e-commerce that I think has changed now. Mm-hmm. I picked up a couple of the, the PDFs. Yeah. Right. I haven't printed. They're in there. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I started reading these and I'm like, well, wait a second. We can actually play, you know, play with one DM and one player. It was kind of your discovery was kind of the inspiration for us to get into D and D. Right. Cause you're like, Hey, have... I have a way it works. Yeah. I, I mean, we had, we had done Pathfinder. No, yep. no, this was even before Pathfinder. Um, no, because really? yeah. Yeah. Because the idea of one DM, one gamer is what yeah, got me, okay. was got the idea flowing. And I thought we could do it with Pathfinder, what mm-hmm, first edition mm-hmm. turned out to be a little too crunchy. Yeah. So went back and looked at D and D and we've talked about that a bunch of times. Yeah. So I was fascinated and I loved the material on D and D duet. And so I looked around and, and dug a little and I found um, the site is run by Beth and Jonathan Ball. Yep. Really nice and people. Really nice people. Yes. Really creative. And yeah, I was just gonna say fantastically yep. creative. Oh man. So I uh reached out to them. And this mm-hmm. is before we were even doing the podcast. I reached out and just said thank you for all this material. I was just pretty yeah. excited about it. Yeah. Um, Beth has a Patreon now, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I signed up for that. Mm-hmm. And then um we were well into our podcast and we were just getting started with doing this new theme of interviews. Yes. And that's when I'm like, oh, we should try to connect with them. Mm-hmm. And so it took a little back and forth between us because we always so busy. It was some time. You know, it took, time it took considerable time, actually. Right. Just yeah. just life. It wasn't. Yeah. They were trying. We were trying. they were trying. We were trying. It just mm-hmm. it was just weird, weird scheduling things. So we finally got it to connect with them. And. The discussion with them, I believe you will find fascinating. Yes. Because we're not just focusing on duets, although we do talk a lot about the story behind it. Yep. But listening to their talks and discussions around creativity in general and oh, all the man. things they're involved with. Yeah. And Beth has her Patreon. Beth Ball has her Patreon. You'll see if you go out there, you'll see that she's writing books, um, of which I have the original trilogy of them. I haven't yep. gotten to them quite yep. yet, but. So what I would say is, is take a listen. This is going to be one of those relaxing type of interviews. Um, They're just, 
I mean, we're, we're, we've got probably about it. We've got about a decade on them. Yeah. And I say that because how long have you guys been married, Brad? 20, it'll be 22 years in September. And, yep. And, and, and my wife and I are coming up on 20 this June. And so I, to provide some context here, I say that because when, when we got off the interview with, with Beth and Jonathan, I mean, you and I aren't exactly peaches and cream kind of, oh, isn't that sweet people? Yeah. We're, we're quite the opposite, but it's like, well, they were just the sweetest couple we've ever met. Yeah. Like they just, seriously. just seriously, like in the most yeah. positive complimentary sense, just listening to them riff off of one another. Oh, and yeah. then as, as you'll all hear listeners, listening to how they are when they play together in duets. Yes. It was really cool. Yes. And her, both, like you said, their creativity, you see it on her Patreon page. But if you look at some of the material they have online yeah. about D&D duetting, you'll see they just, it's, and you listen to them talk and tell the story of how she got into it. And now, you know, it's more like one of those things. Okay. What are we having for dinner? What game or what are we, what are we gaming? Yeah, seriously. Tonight? And, um, and true to what she says in the interview in just this little interim period of time, I, I noticed she has definitely uh, picked up with her blogging on the site um, like really just, they provide a lot of free resources to GMs and to players a lot. Even if you've ever thought, if you've never done it, you've ever thought of doing yeah. a duet. It doesn't have to be a husband and wife thing. No, you know, it can be whatever. If you have a friend that you want to try to get into it without a large group, sometimes people are introverted. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. This is, this is a phenomenal way for you to step into this. And I've talked to other people and even experienced GMs have found it interesting to try to play yeah. as a, as a one DM, one PC yep. environment. Game. So yeah. um, that being said, um, enjoy the interview folks, and we will see you on the other side. Beth Ball is a weaver of words and worlds, spinning stories of druidic magic and the power of nature that span the epic fantasy realms of Azuria and Eldura. If you enjoy lyrical tales of action and adventure, dragons, werewolves, fae, wily foxes, and more, then grab your enchanted amulet, flaming longsword, poison dagger, or other mystical accessory of choice, and let's start our journey together. When she's not writing fantasy fiction, Beth is a tabletop RPG designer and a literary scholar. Her academic work focuses on contemporary novels that encourage readers to find agency and empowerment in their approach to nature and their impact on the natural world, and her TTRPG adventures incorporate lots of druids. In addition to her writing work, Beth also has experience as an editor on several scholarly texts, including revising her university's introductory literature textbook. Jonathan Ball is a high school English teacher. He is passionate about creating greater equality in education and helping other teachers find innovative ways of engaging students in the classroom. He also runs, and this is especially cool, the D&D club at his school. When he's not working on lesson plans, grading, or learning more about education best practices, you can usually find him playing D&D with Beth or creating D&D content, either for their patrons, uh, DMD's Guild, or their home game. Between all of these things, he makes sure to work in time for entertaining their two silly Labradors and for strength training. Uh, 
I was going to say years ago, but it really wasn't that long ago. Was it maybe three years ago where um, JCU had started playing Star Wars and um, I had played when I was younger, um, I'd played Redbox, original D&D. It was three years ago in pandemic years. So it was five years ago. Okay. Thank you. Almost. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause we are in 2020 part three. Right. Um, and so when I saw that you were role-playing again, yep. I thought here's an opportunity, but how do you do um, one DM or one GM and one player? Yeah. Cause you wanted it. to GM mm-hmm. and I just wanted to play. Because you had been GMing on star Wars. Mm-hmm. So I started searching the web and I came across this, this website where they were talking about D&D duet. And I had mm-hmm. never heard, I, the term just, it, in all honesty, blew my mind. I'm like, okay, that's the best way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Duet, one and one. So I started reading and um, picked up some of the adventures, actually sent them to. Um, yeah, you were sending to, me a lot of stuff. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I took them to FedEx and I actually had them printed and wirebound. So I could um, use them when we talked. So this yeah. has been a constant discussion with us going yep. back. And if people listen to the, to the podcast, they'll, they'll hear me reference this for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. luckily yeah. we have the two individuals whose website I found mm-hmm. that got us going. So in effect, folks, you are kind of the reason the podcast is here. Um, Jonathan and Beth Ball who are um, gamers, writers, and educators. Mm-hmm. So, which seems to be a theme. So welcome yeah. folks. Yeah, thank you. Happy to be here. So yeah, phenomenal. I, I Like I said, I was, um, if I hadn't have found your site, I don't think we would have started playing D&D. It, it was what got you over the hump of being comfortable DMing, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. that was new for you. Yeah, and I didn't want to DM, be a new DM for four or five people, even if they were four or five right. close friends, which is how we've played when we've played more than one. Mm-hmm. So, so I have to ask you both, and this is the these are the these are the kind of the generic questions. So I apologize, but how did you get to a point where you were writing those the duets? I would assume you were playing together. Yeah, where did it all come from? But where did it come from? It's really funny. So it, it started kind of similarly to you talking about your search on the web where Jonathan had been telling me about this website for months, RPG duet. He'd been telling me all about it. And finally I was like, okay, show me this site because he, I think it had been six months that he'd been asking me, no, we'd been playing by that point. I was like, show me this website because you were, you would go on Reddit and you would see someone asking, how do I play with my spouse? I want to play with my girlfriend. I want to run a game for my roommate. I need some help. And he looks it up and this site doesn't exist. And I was like, okay, we're going to make it because we've been playing together for, I think it had been eight months or so, but we're, we'd been playing twice a week. You know, we play for a couple hours every weekend and for eight months. And it's like, we're going to share what we know so far at the very least, just to get the the conversation moving and started. And so out of that D and D duet came into being and, um, he had the first adventure that he had written for me. He was like, it's not going to be a big deal. Let me just 
look back at my notes. We'll just throw it up and organize it, make it a thing. We'll put it on DMs Guild. That'll be great. Um, it was so much more work than we realized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one thing to have notes for yourself. Um, the Our first adventure on DMs Guild is like a carbon copy of the adventure that I wrote for her um, in our Duchess and Dragons um, campaign that we started. And yeah, it's really different writing for a wide audience than it is like scribbling something in your little composition notebook so that you can play with your significant other. That's still cool. I mean, you in effect play tested the game you put out there, right? So um, phenomenal. So you've you've got that first one out on DMs on the the DMs Guild, obviously. Right. What how did how did things progress then? So we set. I like to set kind of intense writing goals. So I was like, okay, we're just going to put out an adventure every single month. This will be fine. We did the first one. We'll just keep it going. And I was also making sure to write a blog post every week. So there were lots of different things going on. And so we put up that first adventure. And then I can't remember if we did the second adventure in that series, or if we did a Valentine's day adventure next. Um, but we, we found a lot of welcome from the D&D community, which I think is, I hope is, an, is a normal experience for, for lots of people. And um, I, I think the tabletop gaming industry is really cool for yeah. things like that. And lots of welcome, lots of, oh my gosh, we've been doing this for so long. I'd have people reach out. I've been playing with my wife for 10 years. This is so cool. And so I, I don't know, things like that. I always find really exciting, but we put up several adventures and then we had a little bit of a lull, but we also had, um, I think some, I don't know, lucky breaks maybe, or just people helping us. It's not even lucky breaks. It was, we had people who helped us along the way, like Lisa Penrose on DMs Guild. Um, she works for One Bookshelf, put our first adventure in the newsletter for nice. Valentine's cool. Day week. Yeah. And so- it kind of blew up from there and I mean, blew up for what, what we were used to at the time, which was like, you know, every adventure sold. I was like, woo. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have proving glade in front of me. I have first blush. I have the, the first, the first four that I picked up. Um, and I hadn't even gotten Jason convinced to play yet. And I'd already picked them. You up. have to understand that when it comes to purchasing things in general, but specifically RPG material. Brad is a sure thing. <laughs> yeah. Gotta love a sure thing. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. And if Angela's listening, that's she's not. not you true. don't have to worry. <laughs> yeah. So um okay, that's so really cool. that's awesome. So you got into doing these duets, but we were calling uh -huh. we were talking a little bit before, and we'll come back to this, but uh -huh. um Beth and I, we've been talking through Patreon and then um to plan for this on email. You're also doing some other writing. D&D Duet is one component of this, but you're actually, your Patreon and all that has a lot of other things included that aren't just D&D Duet, right? Yeah, and so D&D Duet is kind of half of the writing side of it. What, as we would play, I just had this sense that sometimes I wanted to hang out with our characters or hang out in our world without 
because playing in a duet, is, it can be kind of intense where you are, you have to be engaged the whole time. And sometimes mm-hmm. I just wanted to chill and hang out with our characters or hang out in the story world. And I'd always wanted to be a novelist. And so our, my Age of Azuria series came out of the first duet that we were playing together. And so it oh. follows in some ways, a lot of the, the initial plot lines, and it does involve all, almost all the main characters are characters from our duet. There were several things that had to change because uh, a campaign, as I'm sure you all have found, can meander and wander a lot more than we like for novels too. That would be just this gargantuan, I don't know, sometimes mess. Like it, I think it could be cool. It could be kind of a lot. So some of those pieces had to get narrowed down quite a bit. And so I'm basically working on creating a playable immersive story world where if you want to be telling stories in the world, you can do that through the D&D side of things. And if you want to be immersed in the world, you can do that. I find a lot of inspiration through fiction. And so I think that for me, at least, that's a really helpful way to go about something is pulling ideas from a fictional world or universe yeah. pulling a story problem or a character and being able to go from there. And I just, just for our listeners, in case they missed it, I just want to reiterate the irony that you decided to write a series of novels because that was the relaxed alternative to the intensity of gaming. That's, <laughs> that's wow. <laughs> that's awesome. actually. Yeah. Now we we've also been obviously we're going to come back to that too but we've been like you guys had mentioned off air before we hit record we've been on the on Dice and Mind and a bit of a, a educational kick on and off right um uh we've well I think it goes back to what you said Beth I mean Brad and I have been talking a lot in the past I don't know Brad a few months about how warm and welcoming the tabletop yeah. community DD and beyond DD, right just the tabletop community is in general like the more people we talk to e- even on twitter and i mean i was so against getting on twitter until brad was like yeah so that's where the all not totally old people are to to you know get a following and i'm like okay fine and even on twitter we've seen nothing but just the most positive right just this community is really remarkable and we've met a number of really clever educators who are doing tabletop type stuff. And then right before we hit record, you outed Jonathan about doing this in classrooms. Yeah, um, we at the high school that I used to work at, uh, some students approached me because I'd mentioned I would just gush with my students about, you know, they would see my figurines and like weird dice and stuff and ask me questions. And so I just would gush about how much fun I was having playing D and D. And so I had some students kind of approach me and ask if uh, we could start a D and D club and it evolved from being, you know, like three students with a little bit of a curiosity to over the years. I think when I left that high school, um, we had 50 students all in the library playing different games. Um, And it was wonderful to see like, different kinds of students coming together and um it was really cool to see them um just interacting with each other in a different kind of way and getting to exercise their creative muscles and um kind of coming out of their shells and uh it was it was phenomenal wonderful experience 50 i mean that just yeah i you know we've talked to educators not but to hear that 
Yeah, nothing you know, like that. Like based off of how you led the group and the, the organic nature of it, now all of a sudden you have a library full of kids that are gaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and not gonna... with a video game, you know, not with a mm-hmm. controller. Mm-hmm. That's something so, I think that they'll continue to do, you know, yeah. like into their college years and, and beyond too. It's opened up a lot of cool experiences for them, I think. So I, I have to ask then, so what do you or did you teach in high school? What was your area? I was an English teacher. Okay. I, I assumed, I didn't want <laughs> to assume. That makes sense. I can imagine the dinner table conversations between the two of you, between <laughs> literature and D&D. Um, wow, that's got to be intense. <laughs> I'm a little envious, it's a, actually. That's a good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, 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 that's awesome. So, so coming back a little bit full circle to the D&D duet, so we have a sense of how that got started. Um, and Brad, you've been following this closer than I have, but I mean, like when I was getting, when you got me into D&D, we, we had a short interaction with Pathfinder and, and I mean, it was, it was fun, but it never quite clicked for me. Um, but then when Brad got me onto D and D, like, like, kind of like, it's funny. Cause what you were saying, Beth, about, you know, some people are more sci-fi, some fantasy, like I was, I'm a hundred percent sci-fi other than like Lord of the Rings. And I guess one could really argue Star Wars anyways, but that's for another, another discussion. And, and then Brad's like, you just have to check out D and D and, and, and I did. And I mean, like, it was like immediate, like, this is pretty fascinating actually i'm totally engrossed by this but so i've been to your site a bunch of times when especially when we were starting up with dnd because it's like okay how are they doing this what in fact i was just at your site the other day looking for some tips it's a lot bigger than you make it out to be though because you know so what's like like what's going on now where do you where do you hope to take it that's such an interesting question i I have a lot of indecision about it at the moment. Um, it's been really cool where we have, we have a couple people starting streams playing our adventures. So they'll reach out and let us know about that. I've, my favorite thing that's been happening lately is having people kind of like you all with your, with the podcast, but people reaching out, Hey, I just wrote and published a duet adventure. Like I got an email earlier this week of this guy started playing with his son and he just published on DMs Guild for the first time. And so stuff like that is so exciting especially cool. hearing yeah. my my very favorite one was um a lady reached out to me on twitter and said that she and her partner had started playing in a duet and now she's turning her duet into a novel and i was like oh that just totally Jeez. made my day um I totally believe in stories and the power of storytelling and that's a thread that weaves through all of my work and that's what I want to keep at the at the center of what it is that we're doing and so I don't know if that looks like continuing to put out advice for I mean we're going to keep D&D duet there like we still want to help people with that but the the direction or the I don't know if it's a kind of a deepening thing or a broadening thing probably probably a little of both I like to to hop Mm -hmm. around um but what I think is so magical about D&D is you are embodied as 
a hero in one way or another, and you're exploring different aspects of your own character, what it means to be this type of person in this type of world. And we get to kind of try on different hats and things like that. And I think especially so in a duet game, because Mm -hmm. you have to be so immersed in the character and you're so immersed in that situation. There's no checking out while someone else is on a shopping errand, you are engaged with the person across from you. And I think that that aspect of immersion and and the storytelling is, I don't know, that's, that's so important to me. And that's what I want the, if someone's reading one of my novels, that's what I want them to experience. If I'm, um, I've thought about helping other writers. That's been something that I've kind of tossed around a lot or a bit, but there's so much writing advice out there already. So I I couldn't quite decide about that. So um, I really want to build a community around this immersive story world, Mm -hmm. because what I love about our adventures and the novels, this world we're creating, I call it the story verse of vertigree because it's, it kind of keeps expanding. And so to me, creating that and creating a community around it is really the dream of there being lore and little tidbits and some kind of um, almost ephemera-ish adventures that you could kind of go on by yourself that would arrive in the mail and um, stories to read. But it's a lot about hope and again, storytelling, the power of nature, the power of connecting with other people, all those sorts of things just listening to 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 you both talk how did did you see increased traffic did you see um increased communication how did the pandemic how did 20 so so you have to i always say 2020 part one 2021 was 2020 part two and we are now in 2020 part three hopefully the end yeah so the in the original 2020 how did did you see traffic increases communication how did you see the the gaming world change In- including with kids and at the schools yeah yeah um yeah that was actually it was it was an interesting experience because like everything is falling apart all over the place and then for D duet and um for our traffic on the website and for sales on dms guild like all of that people are stuck in a new situation they're looking for chances to unplug and connect with the people that they're you know sheltered in place with and it was incredible for our business wouldn't you say awesome yeah definitely sometimes i feel bad about that because it was so horrible all around um last year especially was really difficult for for the two of us um but yeah, it was, so we started the, we launched the blog in 2019. And then that fall Wizards of the Coast published, um, I Spire Peak. And so that was where they had kind of officially made sidekick rules. You could officially play right. D&D with two people. Yeah. We're like, ha yay. <laughs> um, and then not very long after the, the pandemic hit and especially parents wanting to play with their kids. That was one. And that's still a space that I think, um, if someone listening is playing with their kid and has advice they want to share, I think that that's definitely an open spot that I, that I wish more people would be writing and sharing about because entertaining 
an adult person versus entertaining a five-year-old person or a 10-year-old person, as we could all imagine, is, is pretty different. And so we've had lots of parents reach out and ask for ask for help, ask for adventures that are specific to kids. And I'm like, oh, we're writing about vampires. So it can be really stabby, which I understand what it's really like, <laughs> but, but outside of that, that's just not the audience that we had in mind. I, I will say, I, and now it's been a long time since I've done this former one, but I mean, I've back in the day, I, I did a lot of group psychotherapy with some sizable groups, but nothing proved more challenging dynamically than GMing for a table of five pre-adolescent and adolescent family members, right? (laughs) Jonathan, I don't know. I mean, the, the sitting there at a table on the floor with my two daughters and my, my nephews and my niece and, and taking them through this Star Wars Edge of the Empire you know, campaign doesn't, I will call it little adventure, mini adventure that I had devised where we'd play like every month or two. I mean, I, I mean, we're, th- that was hard. So I really, I, I give you guys credit, especially, especially you, Jonathan, doing this like writ large with the classroom or even a group of adolescents, especially if they know each other and have that necessary freedom to individuate. And like Beth, you were saying of, of, of individuating and finding themselves through the manifestation of these characters and these heroes, right? Oh my God. I mean, talk about all hands on deck. It's pretty interesting. I'll never forget sitting at the head of, this is the first year and it had grown from having three students who were interested in playing D and D to, I don't know, like 12 um, or 15 and just everybody lined up. Nobody else, would could be bothered to like learn the rules or prep a campaign or anything and so i was trying to run lost minds of fandelver with 15 high schoolers of varying ages and maturity levels and i've got this great picture that i think is it i don't know if it's on the blog because it's got students in it but it's just you know it's a, it's, a, it's amazing and terrifying and it went a lot better once i started making the kids run their own games yeah yeah i try to do 15 and 15 kids good Mm. goodness that's that bless you for doing that and and to be honest with you just the fact that you've introduced kids to this they continue to play Mm -hmm. they continue to be creative they go you know beth they go out and read books or they like you said they start to write their own stories um you know, they, my, my, our, my two are, are right in the middle of Jason. So I have an mm-hmm. 18 year old and a 16 year old. And um, I wish I would have done maybe a little bit better job of doing like analog gaming or something like that, just to get them off mm-hmm. the iPad and off the computer, because there's a creative component to this, you know, mm-hmm. whereas playing a video game, it's, they can, they can be creative and they can be tactical and but analog gaming is something that a lot of kids don't understand so for you to get a classroom of kids to analog game you know um unbelievable so do you do you both still still take the time and play every week and 
Yeah. <laughs> they, they they both they're both just smiling and <laughs> nodding at each other. It's very sweet. I was waiting for Beth to talk about it because she's running our game right now. Oh, she. Oh, that was the next question. I was going to be like, oh. do you rotate DM? Yeah. And, you know. So we, we do rotate. So we. It was. I think it's just been a couple months now. We just recently rotated where he usually GMs for us, but. We, it was a couple months ago, he kind of looked at me and I really want to play a ranger. So he's in the middle of his prepping and I was like, okay, well, let me, give me a little bit. I can come up with something. So mm-hmm. that was very short. And then I had this other really cool campaign idea. So we kind of launched into that one and we've been playing that for the last few months and it's been really fun. We are both playing rogues and so we're running around stabbing sneaking yeah, i was gonna say it gets pretty stabby <laughs> i i just told jason the other day that i want to <laughs> so play a bard you know i had the same kind of thing like where i was like you know what i really want to play a bard and the npc or the pcs that i play with him are a paladin and a wizard mm. and so i wanted to play one that was just and, a little more off the cuff and immediately i was like please let me gm that for you but I have one proviso. I want you to play a bard in a Star Trek setting. <laughs> and so that's my, I'm working on, no, I'm, I'm actually being dead serious. I'm, I know you are. I'm working on headcanon for that right now. I, yeah. Your backstory just, is a cantina musician, you know? <laughs> See? <laughs> yeah, 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 there it is. You know, engage. You know, I just I haven't been able to put. I can't get my mind around it yet, but Jason is convinced. But to to hear you say, I just I want to play a ranger. That's really cool. Um, but you know, I'm I'm still fascinated by the fact that that you both have, have you're on parallel paths in terms of your creativity, but wanting to the way you said it at the beginning, Beth, where you're like, I want to I want to hang out with my characters and not have it be intense yeah um turning it into stories i just jace i never thought of and i wrote up when when i wrote up our our original campaign i still have it all we have to go back to it yeah i never thought of wow you know what i wrote up is not novel material let me first of all clarify that but second of all just the depth of creating that type of stuff well, that, because we didn't play for a couple of months because you were still developing backstory yeah yeah but that's had, one of the we, beauties of the game right i mean that's, well, that's why, the, that's why i go back to to what you were saying about you know these kids learning to play on their own or taking the game and 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 building a novel universe you know i hate to this is a you two will can can virtually smack me afterwards but i keep thinking back to like um, like the Pottermore website where you have the main storyline, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. but now all of a sudden you have these little offshoots of material. And it mm-hmm. sounds to me, that's kind of, correct me if I'm wrong. That's kind of what you're thinking of long-term is in effect building a world well, where people can engross themselves so in it as that, well. That actually, that does, that does generate a question. So maybe this is relevant. Uh, but Hold on, before t- you do that, Beth, did I get that right? Or did I get that completely wrong? Yes, no, absolutely. That that's right. And so okay. it's the I was just playing with the with the timeline earlier today. So I have kind of story. I know these kind of big history things and story moments that span. I mean, it's we're talking about thousands of years, 
Um, and of course, I don't know everything that's happening across those thousands of years because I don't, I don't personally find that to be super exciting and my brain just doesn't work that way. But yeah, so it's kind of one story as I'm trying to figure out something in one story, it will spur something often before it. And that's been one of the things that's been the most surprising to me is finding kind of like you were talking about with your campaign prep, working on the backstory is the more things move forward, the more of the, what happened before I've been figuring out as well. So, so then my question on that is, do you, do you look at it as the novelizations are canon of the game and, or is it what happens at the table? I how do, how do you navigate that? For me, it's, both. Um, f- sometimes what happened at the table, I I think they were just talking about my, my friend was telling me about this, one of the interviews he saw after they, the Critical Role made The Legend of Vox Machina. Mm-hmm. They were talking about this deepening or perfecting of some of those in-game moments. Yep. And so there have been some iterations of that. Some of them though, I want to be almost, I want to represent in words what was happening in my head at the table where we have these super cinematic or really just kind of perfect moments. And I, I want to make sure to hit those, but I think for me, it's the characters, how they are at the table, that that's canon. And then that is what moves into the novels. I I have to say when you brought up box machina where that's where I kind of wanted to play the bard. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was. And then Jonathan, during this whole during, I, I won't even start. We've been, God, that was fun to watch. Uh, that really surprised me. But when I asked the question, Jonathan, you've been smiling at Beth's answer the whole way through. I'm curious, what's your perception of being, you know, what are the receiving end of that canon? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one of the most wonderful things about playing in our duet has been like that it's so co-creative. And so she was talking about um, these like beautifully cinematic moments that are just like, happened organically at the table that like are surprising to both of us at the same time even though one of us is the gm and has like created the scenario and the other one's navigating it we're both like shocked at what has happened you know um i just i don't know i I just was smiling to myself because like she perfectly captured like um that feeling and like what's happening in her novels like when um she's like writing down those things so it's just it just made me smile because i was looking i was thinking about all of our crazy things that have happened (laughs) listening to both of you talk about this it it in many ways reminds and i'm i'm being a little narcissistic here reminds me of what jason and i play and how it still seems like we're, we're still a little unrefined in how we do it. Just listening to how you both play and, and what you've explained here is it's someone's GMing, but it's a very, it's a very immersive experience. And, and that is fascinating. Just the two of you being able to sit there and game and get immersed into a situation like that. So does anyone throw any, do you, do you, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You were going to say something. Oh, it, and it's something that happened like over the course of many months of trial and error, you know, like when we started playing, um, I had this foolish idea that, you know, you needed to have, um, 
a full party in order to have D and D be fun. And so I had this situation where she could like, basically, I thought that she was going to be calling forth like pokeball style, like a companion when she needed one. And then otherwise she'd just be running around by herself. Like, no. And once we figured out that, um, like we're both very interested in like the role-playing components of it. And like, I enjoy like the tactical combat gameplay stuff too, but we both lean heavily into the role play, heavily into characterization. And when we kind of realized that that was the crux of, you know, the, of duetting together, then we did more and more of that. We had more and more of these like wonderfully, um, surprising experiences together. So I, I have to ask then, because in my mind now, okay, so in my imagination, I'm seeing the two of you, two hours at a sitting, a couple times a week, sitting across each other from a four table. Times, five, four times. Five. five. Oh my God. Hours. Six? He, what? He's saying hours, not times. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, oh my God. Okay. So all of this time weekly together, sitting at this table, like acting out, speaking in accents. I mean, the whole deal. Yes. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. We've been We're a really lazy. cool. We've been lazy with our new campaign because we've been playing on the couch. So most of the combat is, you know, in our head. So we don't have to like, we can, because now we have, we just moved. So now we have like a table where we can play D&D and the table is there all the time. It's not like we have to move everything around. So now we can play. So, mm. but it's, been this kind of reverse effect of it's not quite as comfy to sit at the table as it is to sit on the couch and so if we have a really big combat we can move to the table and combat and then leave and come back or we can just stay theater of the mind combat and see how it goes to the battle room <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> i would i just listening to you talk about hours upon hours of gaming like that i know when Jason and I play, we'll try to go too. And then we'll, we, we have to step away just because other things, you well, know, have come up have, or, or we start later. And we have can, to step away because either, right, it's late and we're tired yeah. or our wives are calling us. And so I, I got to ask, cause it's fair. Again, it's, it's a shame that everyone can't see you too. Like, like we see you, but so watching you and listening to you other than being like, it's fascinating. And it's also very sweet. You two are married. You've been doing this for a while. You're spe- I like how you both nod in like, yes, we, we are. We are. That's thank you. That's good. That's that. Yeah. Get a thumbs up on that one. Good, good job. So, but you're married, you're spending all, and, and I mean, we're in a, in a pandemic still, like Brad said, hopefully the tail end, but you're spending all of this time together, um, both professionally and recreationally, though for you guys, that kind of blurs the line because it's so much of what you do. So I'm very curious if, if you're willing to share when you're in those combat situations, are you nice to one another? Or, or is this like a vicarious it. way to just make sure that the stuff is out there, right? Yeah. Especially yeah. since Jonathan's stabby stabby. <laughs> little headlock action and, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't mean like acting it out. That's a little weird, Brad. But <laughs> well, no, no, no. I wasn't saying that either. But, but you, could get, you, could, you could get out your aggressions on paper. How's that? Yeah, Maybe I mean, it's, it's how, how intense do these games get? We're really careful during combat 
and there are times when it's super intense. Um, he gets really upset when stuff happens to my characters. And I think it's super sweet, but especially when he's jamming, like he, last time we were playing, he power word killed my PC because she's getting up higher level. And he was devastated. I'm like, you did this. <laughs> But I know sitting there that she's going to come back. Like, I, I know that if I want her to come back, that she's going to come back because that's just how, I mean, that's how we play. So that part of it is fine. There have certainly been times, I think combat is where it can get the most intense. And that's the most likely spot where we'll say like, I think we need to take a break and have a snack or go for a walk or something. And so, um, but I think, I don't know, for me, combat tends to even in a duet, it, it kind of slows things down a bit. And that's what makes me feel kind of antsy rather than like, ha um. I think it also like, it took time for us to figure out how to do combat in a way that felt high stakes, but that was also like fun for everybody. So like, like I was mentioning before, like I really like the tactical combat. And so if I have, um, if, if she's going against some big bad that is just a bad mamma jamma, then like, I am not going to hold back because that would be like doing the story disservice, but we both have an understanding that like, I don't know, like death, like it's all about telling the story. Like we're both committed to telling a really cool story together. And so if one of her, if her character ends up dying, and she doesn't have a um, great way to come back expeditiously, then that's a cool story beat. And we can figure out how to tell the story of what happens afterwards or how does that character, you know, navigate the afterlife or, you know, like we kind of figure it out together. Um, and that like kind of leans back on the like co-creative kind of thing. Like, there's, and there's a lot of trust there. Have you ever thought, just because listening to you both talk about how you game um it almost feels like there's there's like unwritten material and how you do this i mean i listening to you talk now about this it it really kind of makes jace i'm sorry it makes us feel like amateurs in a way and we're growing we're learning that way beforehand already yeah good point but but listening to that there's how you do this together is like us it's like a, we could probably spend hours just picking your brain offline about it um you know have you thought about writing in that way versus the actual adventures itself but beth i think you alluded to that a little bit earlier yeah um i don't know sometimes it's because we have the the blog and and the posts and everything and there are especially as you dig in there are lots of them, but sometimes it's hard to figure out what have I said in my head that I think I've shared on the internet. And then what have I accidentally only said in my head? Um, but so much of the, so much of the D and D duet site has come about from things I've learned and picked up with us playing together. But I also think that each table has to find their own way. And so I'm always worried that people will think like, well, I don't know that we would be held up as like the example, but if we were that, you know, this is the way that they do it, but we don't play like this. So are we doing it wrong? Um, And like, no, like, are you having fun? Are you happy? Are you enjoying the time together? Perfect. So on, on that note, because I mean, we, 
we want to keep talking to you for a long, long time, but that's not fair. But I'm, I'm curious if you had someone listening to this who was either new to D&D or just was in D&D, but wanted to try out to you know, do wedding. Is, is that a word? So how, what would you say to them? Like, like, like how, how, how should someone, how could someone get started doing a duet with D&D? What's, what's their on-ramp? Other than obviously going to your site. <laughs> yeah, I think our website is really good. First mm-hmm. Blush was specifically written with new DMs in mind. Um, and mm-hmm. I wanted it to be kind of like uh, easily accessible and like have supports for people that haven't run D&D or haven't, you know, not only haven't run D&D, but also haven't run D&D with just one person. Um, and I think general advice wise, like be sensitive to what um, is clicking and what is fun for you and what seems fun for the person that you're working with. And um, I don't know, at the end of the day, like it has to be about communication and, and experiencing this, this story together. Beth, what do you think? Um, So from a super practical standpoint, because I just got this question the other week, if you go to dndduet.com, the menu, click on, I can't remember if the first thing is four DMs or if it says four new DMs, but there's something getting started is one of the categories. And so that will, it's a series of posts. I'd actually start in reverse order because it's going to show you the newest ones first. Mm -hmm. It's a series of posts to kind of walk you through. Um, I think for new DMs, don't put too much pressure on yourself. It's not going to be perfect. And the person across the table from you, especially assuming they're new, will have no idea that, that yeah. you know, it's wrong. Because, and, and also you can't be wrong. Worst case, you back it up and say, whoops, that's not what happened. Here's what really happened. And you just try mm-hmm. again. And I think for players to know their character, not to where you, know, you don't need a 50 page backstory necessarily you I mean I think you can you'll uncover your character as you go so trust yourself with that that you'll get to know them and figure them out as you as you play together but I think it's really important for the player to help the DM if you want that co-creative experience you have to know what your character wants and you have to communicate that to your DM so you have to have some sort of driver that's pushing things forward and, and there are times when that can get a little sticky or difficult after you've been playing for a while. So this is a pattern that we've been noticing or that we've, we've been playing together for long enough now to, to realize when it's happening and that we need to give those characters a break. But it tends to be after mm-hmm. a large arc or something when the, the person who's, who's GMing needs a break to figure out what happens next. And the characters need a break to kind of internalize and process what just happened and figure out what they want moving forward too. I know that with first blush, I actually just, I, I pulled it up before our, we started tonight and on page, I recommend anyone take a look at this. If you haven't done duets before, cause you talk right in it, starting on page two about adjusting combat and running DMPCs mm-hmm. and all that. And I used that material to help, as a rudimentary new DM, I use that to kind of help build our adventure. And so between your blog posts and what you had, you know, and I, I picked up, like I picked up first blush, proving glade, second glance, third times the claim, um, third times the charm. I'm sorry. Um, 
there's a lot of material that you provide that teaches people how to play. And I think if people understand, you know, and I'm hoping people will listen to this and hear how you both play. And like you said, you can play however you want, but mm-hmm. it's just listening to you to how immersive you get immersed, you get into when you play. Um, it just, it, there's a lot, there's a lot for people to learn there. And I think people need to realize that you don't need three or more people. You can have a immersive adventure with just two people. Yeah. One last question from me is, is Jonathan, now you, you said at your old school, you had the gaming, have you moved to a different school? Are you trying to kind of start something up again or? Um, so I am actually working for the district now. And so I have like 20 schools that I support teachers at. And so the focus has kind of shifted from, you know, like, uh, students to like, how can I support teachers? Yeah. Honestly, I haven't, uh, I I'm still on the discord for that, like D and D club, you know, and I still kind of check in on them every now and then. Um, it's still one of my schools that I go back and like, I'll, I'll drop in on them from time to time. Um, but I haven't yet figured out a new Avenue or like a new area to kind of insert the, the sweet, sweet goodness of, of D and D. Um, so um just spitballing here like based on that conversation i'm like i wonder if i could get teachers into you know like at the different school what if we did something at this summer training right like i'm kind of you got the gears turning a little bit but i haven't gotten that far yet it's a it's a new change so this this has got plc like all over it right right? or at least a lot better staff meetings yeah (laughs) i'm trying to figure out like plc Beth always likes to switch around what the words actually mean, but um, we can definitely like the C could turn into combat performance. Leveraging combat. Performance right. leveraging Ooh. combat. Right. Trademark, you. you got the trademark it. I'm going to give CEUs right. combat right. experience units. Right. <laughs> right. This is actually how we're going to do your performance evals from now on. <laughs> Roll a D20. <laughs> Not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> I worked for I worked for a company that used to do teacher evaluation. They thought you could that you could create objective evaluation versus subjective, and I think they had it completely wrong because I think you just solved it right there. Mm-hmm. You know, combat combat for the win. Forget rubrics. So <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, you know, like I said before, we could we could keep you on for hours, but we don't want to we don't want to alienate you so quickly. Um, really appreciate your time yeah yeah thank you so much i think i i would love to have you all back um let me just i want to do some legitimate plugs here so beth you have books out now buried heroes amber queen and had varian heist right did i pronounce that right yes okay perfect so they are the age of azuria books you can get them on amazon and other suspected other locations or other places as well um the dnd duet site dnddduet.com mm-hmm. um, and it's D and D, right? Mm-hmm. So D letter N letter D duet. We'll put in the show notes. Don't worry. You Thank you. I know, but I'm saying it anyway. Um, Cause I like to hear myself talk, um, but right. check out the books. Um, check out the website. Seriously. It's how Jason and I got back mm-hmm. into doing this. Yeah, it is. And if there's anything that I'm going to come out of this is listening to how you both have, you really immerse yourselves when you play these games. It's, it's, you know, like you said, the tactical and battle stuff is cool, but the storytelling 
seems to really be something you love. And I think there's a lot that we could learn from that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. Yeah. Thank, uh, you. thank you both. Yeah. We've really enjoyed this. Thank you. Listening to that interview and meeting two people like that gives me hope because they're, yeah. they are, they are shining stars in terms of um, what they offer, who yeah. they are, etc. I just, I found it fascinating. Um, I, you know, Beth is an outstanding writer. Um, Jonathan's an outstanding writer. You can go mm-hmm. get their stuff right on D and D duet. Yeah. And we'll there's put a, all this in the show notes. Don't worry. Yeah. There's a lot of free material out there. Mm-hmm. If you've never duetted, take a look at the material. It, yeah. it, it was one of those situations where I was already, I was all ready to do it even yep. before I found the material. Yep. Um, but if after, any of you have picked it up and ended up doing a duet, then shoot us a message. I'll be curious. Yeah, please. To your experiences. And so, support Beth and Jonathan. Yeah. Uh, buy, buy her books, buy their duet material. You're not going to be disappointed. You're not simply going to engage in really creative, fun stuff, but you're going to be supporting uh, just a lovely couple of good people who are creative people. And, and we have to, when we find those type of things, I think that's what's so fascinating about our podcast now is mm-hmm. we move to this interview format. Yep. So long as people will allow us to interview them. Yep. And we have accumulated episodes of interviews with some of the most creative people I've ever met. And to a T just about i mean we haven't we haven't met you know interviewed any duds if you will but oh. so many of them are deeply kind people uh and you know you've heard us talk about this before uh we see this and we see people posting it in the twitterverse right for rpg as kind of a representative sampling of the rpg ttrpg community uh worldwide uh, there are a lot of good people out there and they're engaged in this kind of work it's pretty cool it's, it's subversive because yes. most people don't see it, but I'd like to believe that the optimism and the, the interest in playing games with each other, regardless mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. any differences one might have, um, I, I, would, I know that I still get, you know, I, it, it's tingly in some ways just because it's- getting the gooses. Yeah, just the, mm-hmm. just thinking about how all these people are and how friendly they've been to us. I mean, yeah, the listenership. That yep. being said, I've I've dominated the conversation today. Let's go over to the GM corner. Yeah, really anything to get me away from your tinglys. Yeah, uh, okay. And we do have a bit of an update for the GM corner, kind of a mutual update. Although well, you, you might just, have you more. just you just pushed us to the edge of uh, of having to listen as explicit with that comment, but um, regarding yeah. The I, I think you're giving yourself a lot of credit, but anyways, no, moving on to the GM corner. Um, uh, we've mentioned this in the past, but it's been quite a while. As, as many of you good listeners know, especially those of you who have had the poor judgment of being with us since the early episodes, uh, you, you, more than yon year ago, uh, Brad and I, for the longest time, were interested in and eventually worked on and ultimately began to meaningfully design uh, a a Genesis dice mechanic adaptation of Star Trek. And then we gave that up. 
Um, in fact, we gave that up, I think, largely. What sealed the deal was, was chatting with Jim Johnson, uh, yeah. the, the showrunner, if you will, the lead designer or the lead on, on uh, Star Trek Adventures, because, you know, I remember we hung up the conversation and we looked at each other, Brad, and it's like, there's truly no point in doing what we're doing. No. None. However, you know, yay for us, we, we, we got the message. Uh, not from Jim, but just the obvious, like, this doesn't make sense. Our internal message just saying, okay, let's, let's put our effort elsewhere because we have truly found something that missed us that we didn't see was how robust and creative and, and open lab that they're the D20, the 2D20. Like like Jim, if you're still listening to these episodes and we hope you are, um, we can honestly say ever since chatting with you, we both really want to start playing STA. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm there. You've been there for a little while, Brad. I'm, I'm there. It, and I'm there, especially after reading a whole bunch of the mission briefs that have been coming out for Star Trek Adventures from Odiphius. And well, so Brad and I, we mentioned this once, I think, after the fact, I think, but we started playing with the idea, wouldn't it be fun to write a set of mission briefs and put our own interest in trying to be creative while geeking out on Trek, because, hey, it's the golden age, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, Star Trek uh, Picard season two is, is rapidly approaching its, its season end. Strange New Worlds is very soon to debut. I mean, oh, man, oh, man. Um, and so anyway, so that's our update, everybody. Um, we are actively working on a set of 10 mission briefs to take place in, uh, I'm going to call them the Picard era, because that's yeah. where you and I want to dabble. Um, and that's, that. we'll have more about that in the future. They may go somewhere, they may not. That's not why we're doing it. Well, I think, no, 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 it's not. And ultimately, we might just play the play the briefs ourselves one as a yep. as a minimum as a play test yep. but two just for the sheer enjoyment of it yep it just i want to i want to just put this out there lightly is that you and i have known each other 30 years but we've but we haven't our paths really haven't intersected in terms of our professional worlds we just no. we live in different professional worlds and that's good because we offer some insight yep. different insights podcast so that, is the closest we've ever come yeah and these i think these mission briefs Mm-hmm. are going to even do that as well, because um, we talked about this before we started recording, this idea of how you handle, you know, joint writing. And turns out that your academic writing mm-hmm. and the process you follow mm-hmm. and how you handle mm-hmm. lead writer and commenting yep. is the same way I do it when I have a team writing material with right. me. We have similar collaboration workflows around writing. And I didn't say it at the time, but I find that fascinating in that it's, it's not like we're, we're different galaxies, but we definitely are in different realms, yeah. but in a, you know, without discussion, our, our theme, our mm-hmm. workflow as mm-hmm. our process has been the same. Yep. So we'll see yep. what plays out with this. Jason's going to take the first stab or is taking the first stab mm-hmm. at doing the writing. This is our first attempt at collaborative writing. So, so if there's no subsequent episode next week, you know why? 
Yeah, because Jason killed me because he realized it was an absolute mistake to try to collaborate with me on a, on a writing assignment. That so, or you just have too many tinglys and you have to stay off the computer for a while. Good point. Good point. Yeah. yeah. So we'll talk about that after the episode when you no, have to put an E no. on it for. No, we won't. For, yeah. for uh, what is the term? Um, innu- Explicit? Innuendo? Sexual in- innuendo? Oh, there it is. <laughs> you're going to have to bleep. Note. You're going to have to bleep. Nope, I'm leaving that in just so that okay. everybody knows. Okay. Okay. I'm, not, I'm yeah. just going to stop. Yeah, you should just stop. On that note, uh, with that that searingly problematic image in your head, um, stay tuned. Yeah, I'm going to uh, unmute and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Be well, everybody. Stay well as always. We will see you next week uh, with yet another really good interview we think you're going to like. Bye-bye.